Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, I got, I got a feeling it's a little bit like Groundhog Day. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, happy 2022, Scott, and everybody out there. Feels a lot like 2021. Yeah, somebody said uh, it's like 2020 version, version 3. Yeah, 2022, version... where the 22 is... T W E N T Y T O O. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it well, at least here in Ontario, uh, certainly things are are very similar to what they were last year in that recreational curling clubs have closed here in the province mm-hmm. of Ontario. Uh gyms, restaurants. Uh, we are back in where we were last January here. I know that's not the case around the country and certainly that's not the case around the world but that is the situation that we are in here in Ontario and uh, just as we kick off 2022 just want to say hope everyone is healthy and happy and I had a great new year yeah uh, Sean we had a good new year excuse me we uh, we got together and played some fun games board games and uh, then had a little toast at midnight and watched Betty White clips on YouTube yeah yeah, a lot of Betty White clips, and uh, then I look forward to seeing you again the next time on Christmas Eve 2022 as we head to 2023. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as we did last year, we are going to kick off this year with some bold predictions for what we expect could happen this year in the world of curling. We are going to dovetail some of these into the news that has come out since the last time we all gathered as a lot has taken place in the world of curling. So we thought it'd be fun to look ahead while simultaneously commenting on the news because I got to be kind of honest, the news is a little depressing and I didn't want to do a whole show just about the news in the world of curling because all of it is, this is canceled and uh, that's not really that much fun to do, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. So bold predictions, very fun. Sean, before... Uh, we talk about this year's bold predictions. Do we want to revisit any of last year's bold predictions? Well, yes, I have the list here, Scott, if you want me to go through it. I definitely want you to go through it. Because you got one, right? Because <laughs> I got so one thing, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, last year, we ended up having 11 bold predictions. Uh, the 11th was the one Scott got right. So uh, Scott, the one that you got right is that a non-traditional curling power and you cited Hungary and Australia specifically, would qualify for the Olympic Games in mixed doubles. And of course, you were correct, as the Australians are going to Beijing. That's right. And and uh, the Hungarians made the playoffs at that mm-hmm. Olympic qualifier event. So uh, yeah, it's nice nice to get one right. Well and done. We're, do- we're done with bold predictions, right? We, we didn't do any more? Uh, we did a couple more. So there's actually a couple other ones here that are correct. Uh, okay. So... Uh, here are some ones that aren't, though. Uh, Yannick Schwaller and Elena Stern would represent Switzerland. They would win the Swiss trials. For the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't even have a Swiss trials in the women's, right? No, they did not. Uh, the uh, only did well enough at the Worlds that they didn't have an event. And then Schwaller, I believe he got swept by think... uh, De Cruz. I think so, yeah. yeah. All right, here's one that was right, though. A top five CTRS team makes a lineup change. <laughs> a little late, little later than maybe I expected, but got that one right. Got that under the wire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Botcher and Holman win the Canadian Olympic curling trials. Well, oof. They were both there. Uh, <laughs> a, a, doubles, a doubles specialist team wins the mixed doubles trials. And I had Still- Sahidic and Lot here. Still waiting on that, you know. That one's not my fault. No, not your fault. That, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it might, it might still be true that they will represent Canada at the Olympics. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Gunlickson throws a sub four second hit. Now that's possible. I'm sure he. I'm actually sure he did that at some point this year. Yeah, I think we'll chalk that up in the win column. <laughs> uh, 
the WCF combines all Olympic qualifying into one event. Not quite, but also not totally wrong. Yeah, not totally wrong. They were all there. Yeah, I just thought it, I just thought they wouldn't be able to have world championships, and they would have one total thing. Right. Okay. As opposed to world championship and then an Olympic qualifier. So it was sort of, it was on the cusp. Okay. Uh, Curling Canada makes a decision that makes people mad. (laughs) Check. Done. (laughs) England makes it to Euros A group. Did that happen? It did not. uh, I don't think. I have to actually check that. Did the women do it? Let me, let me check this. Check uh, to see if that one's right. Uh, and, and as you do that, say to uh, the professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft, he, he's got his team at the Junior Boys B or the Junior Men's B events uh, currently going on. There was a team that had to leave the event over COVID positive tests. Uh, so hopefully everyone out there can run this event safely. Uh, it's great that those guys are there. A couple of them are aging out. And they've put so much into being Team England and the possibility of getting to A uh, next year. No, not obviously not all of them would be able to participate, but that'd be a real feather in their cap, a nice way to cap their junior career. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. It's good for them. Yeah, it was Hungary, I believe, had to yeah. withdraw. There were a couple more positive tests today. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't, li- don't like hearing that. No. no. Uh, do we do we have that, Scott? Is, is England in? Uh England qualified for the playoffs. That's as far as I've gotten. All right. Uh, So as you continue to look, I'll say that the Korean women's national final would be the game of the year. I believe it was a pretty good game. I don't know if it was the game of the year, but, you know, I think it's always a safe bet to see that the Korean women's national is going to be a good game. (laughs) Not really that bold there. Not that bold. Not that bold. And then the final bold prediction was that TSN would make a change in the booth, which... I mean, if you count the days that Kathy was sick, then sure, I'm going to count that as a win. Yeah, Kathy was sick, so they did have to make a change. <laughs> so uh, those were the bold predictions for last year. Now it's time to look ahead to this year and what our bold predictions are going to be for 2022. I'm excited, Scott. I'm pretty excited, too. Uh, it looks like Norway and Latvia advanced ah. to the... A division and England uh, did not. They finished fourth. Darn. Close though. Close. All right. So we will keep track again this year. See how many of these we get. Right. I think that was what three or four that were correct out of the 10 or 11, I guess. Yeah. They're they're bold predictions. They're They're bold. Yeah. They're supposed to be hard. So now there's a couple layups here this year though. After I looked back at last year's, I thought, well, let's give us a couple layups. Help the percentage <laughs> here. So first bold prediction for 2022. There are people who are going to be upset about who Curling Canada picks for the mixed doubles team. So if you've missed it, uh, the mixed doubles nationals were canceled. And Curling Canada, in conjunction with the Canadian Olympic Committee, will make the decision on who will represent Canada for the mixed doubles curling event. It is somewhat complicated by curling Canada's own rule that says you cannot participate in both the four person and the mixed doubles event because the top ranked team in the country is Peterman and Gallant. The second ranked team in the country is Jennifer Jones and Brent Lang. So both of them by way of that rule would be ineligible to go. Now, I will point out that it's Curling Canada's own rule and Curling Canada is making the decision. So Curling Canada can very easily change their own rule if they so choose. There's there's nothing really binding them to it. They can change it if they determine that that is in the best interest of Canada winning medals, which is frankly all Curling Canada is going to care about. The team that is ranked third is Nancy Martin and Tyrell Griffith, and I am Fully in favor of them going, if for no other reason, then we get a week of the Nancy Martin photo from the Scotties last year that we can use uh, a lot on social media. Uh, But essentially, this is the spot that we're in. The other team that is getting a lot of discussion about it is Holman and Morris going. Uh, Of course, Sean Morris, one of the Mm -hmm. defending gold medalists in this discipline, and Rachel Holman has been to the Olympics before. So that's kind of where it sits right now but scott i think people are going to be upset about who they pick independent of who that is yeah i think that's a pretty 
pretty solid bet, Sean, that there'll be, there will be people who are upset. Uh, there always are. And it, listen, like at the end of the day, Canada is going to send a really good team yeah. to the Olympics in mixed doubles curling. Yes. No question about it. I, I think the issue is, is how much does curling Canada want to deflect if things go sideways? And if things go poorly, do you want to have Homan and Mar or Homan and uh, Morris there and say, "Hey, we picked." He he's a two-time gold medalist. She's been there before. It didn't work out. Whereas if you send Martin and Griffith and they do poorly, then the the scorn from the curling fans is going to come down on curling Canada. Whereas if it's Homan Morris, it comes down on Homan and Morris. Like it, I, I I genuinely wonder if this is going to be a factor in their decision making which one is the less risky decision to make it's particularly because you have the canadian olympic committee in there as well who frankly doesn't really care about anyone else other than who's going to win the medals and who gives you yeah. the best chance i wonder just how much of that is going to play into it or do you just go purely on the rankings say it's martin griffith that's great or do you just say hey that rule it's an old rule uh this is exceptional circumstances they can they can write a press release and spin it around in whatever way they they want. And it's Peter yeah. and Gallant. Yeah. And then, you know, Terrell Griffith and Nancy, Nancy Martin have a, a a legitimate gripe, I would say. Yeah. What, what did we do this for, for four years? And then your Canadian mixed doubles rankings are a bit of a joke. I mean, they already kind of are. A uh, little bit. Yeah. A, but, you know, so. But, but there's other teams. You could say, you could say that. Carrie Anderson has a, a standing as the defending mixed doubles champion that she should be able to pick a partner and go. You could have Sahidic and Lott and say, hey, we finished second. The defending champions can't go. We should get mm-hmm. it. Like there are, There's a bunch of people who can make a not unreasonable case that they should be able to go. For sure. For sure. And, there's lots of, lots of legitimate claims. Yeah. It's just going to come down to in the civil war of (laughs) who will take the throne. uh, Who's got the best uh, relationship with curling Canada. Yeah. And Hey, you know, virtual do it virtually (laughs) line up a sheet. Everyone's by themselves, four people in their own sheets in different clubs, set up the rocks. You can do it on zoom. Easy. Do a Rochambeau. (laughs) Get get that on zoom. I'd watch that. So like we'll, we'll just see what happens with this, but there there are going to be people who are upset with Curling Canada on this one. And I hope for Curling Canada's sake, and maybe even more importantly, the players themselves' sake, that whoever goes does well. Because who, who, if whoever gets picked goes and does not do well, it's not going to be pretty, and I'm not going to enjoy seeing any of it. So just for, for that purpose, like at least if you win your way there and you do poorly, you can say, stuff it, we beat y'all. Whereas yeah. in this case, it's it could go sideways pretty quick if the team ends up being one and four or something. Yeah, for sure. Did you see Sean Curling Geek's little thing on Twitter about yeah. uh, who who would go and like what that would be best for? Yeah, I liked uh, his Ben Hebert and John Cullen going. Just throw it all out <laughs> into the wind. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, it's good. Go uh, go check. Yeah, go Curling go Geek check it out. Twitter. Yeah. All right, so that's my first bold prediction. Scott, bold prediction number two for 2022. A team that is appointed will win the Scotties. Okay, so you're saying with provinces canceling or or at least postponing for now their uh, their competitions, their, their provincial championships, you're going to say that a team that's appointed by the provincial rep Yep. wins the Scotties. Yes. So as we sit here right now, Ontario has canceled. I believe Northern Ontario has canceled. The Northwest Territories has canceled. I believe BC canceled. And somebody out east, I think, is also canceled. But you have a few cancellations already. Manitoba has been played. Manitoba has been won by Mackenzie Zacharias. As we speak, Alberta and Saskatchewan are playing. So by making this pick, uh, oh, Quebec is also uh, canceled and they are taking their nominations or applications for who will go. It's Laurie St-Georges. And, <laughs> uh, but, but they will review all the applications. And when we, when we look at sort of who's going to go and, and 
who will be there. You have those three central provinces, uh, or Western provinces, prairie provinces, I should say, of Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, who will have won their way there. But the majority of the rest of the country will be appointed or will have been appointed. So I think that one of those appointed teams is going to win. Okay, that's uh, that's fair, Sean. I'll tell you, BC is underway right now. So oh, excuse me. I thought they postponed. They have not uh, postponed unless in the middle of the game this afternoon they've postponed. <laughs> I'm not sure. No. Oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, John Collins there. He's uh, he's calling those games. Yeah, on uh, YouTube. No, the what was the the stadium thing? Oh yeah. Okay. On that. Uh, so check that out uh, with Colin. Uh, yeah, sorry, there was a report that they were going to cancel, uh, and I was uh, remembering that, forgetting that they're actually playing. But essentially, I'm saying, I mean, I'm I'm going to stick with Kristen McCarvel wins. I, I want Kristen McCarvel to win. I, I'm rooting for that to happen, and if they can do it in Thunder Bay, there's the potential that there might be fans at that point because it's far enough along from now that as we sit here today, the restrictions that are in place will be lifted. So maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. What, uh, what do you think Ontario is going to do? I think Ontario is going to send Homan unless Homan's going to the Olympics and then it's Holly Duncan. I, I, yeah, I don't know how Homan can even, like how they can even say they have the claim, right? Well, they're the top-ranked team in the province. Easy peasy. Including this year. They have more points this year than anyone else. That they earned like last week or something. Hey, one, hey, the, hey if you're going to say about the mixed doubles, well, you know, the, the rankings are the rankings. You got to say that in Ontario too. I, I, I would probably say to Rachel Homan, if I was currently in Ontario, I'd be like, do you actually want to go? Like, do you like... Just want some time off. Just relax. Take it easy. And uh, we'll send Holly Duncan. But Rachel Holman would say, no, I want to go play. Yeah. So, you know, somebody did throw out that, well, what if Holly Duncan gets sent and then Rachel Holman can go play in the wildcard game? Problem there is based on some of the other results that have already Maybe happened, not. most notably Tracy Flurry not winning Manitoba. You could have a situation where Rachel Holman would not qualify for the wildcard game. I, I would say it's very unlikely. I, I'm looking at Ken Palm's rankings, which I know aren't the real ones. But right. in Canada, it's Fleury, Anderson, Homan, then Jones. Right. Then he has Krista McCarvel there, but Laura Walker is also there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you say that and say, hey, uh, give Ontario three teams at this event, right? Including Northern Ontario. Uh, if you think Rachel Holman can come through the wildcard game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we know Flurry's going to be there. Right. Well, well, Flurry will be in the wildcard game. Yeah. In the, in the wildcard game. So as we sit right now, Scott, Rachel Holman is fifth in the CTRS points for this season. So if Laura Walker, who is ranked third does not win Alberta this week, and there is only going to be one wildcard, Team, although of course currently Canada can change that. They can change whatever they want. They can do they control the means of production, Scott. The <laughs> the situation as it would be is if Laura Walker doesn't win, it's Walker against Flurry in the wildcard game. Okay. Okay. Uh so you're taking a risk there if you're Ontario, but Ontario doesn't have to announce until after this. So if Laura Walker wins, then you can say, All right, Holly Duncan, fill your boots. Rachel Holman, go in your way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, honestly. All right. It's a bummer that that event couldn't take place. It's a For bummer sure. that all of them that can't take place, not just that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. All of them, certainly. All right, so uh, so that's the situation with the Scotties. The men, of course, have a little more time to figure things out for these provinces that have canceled already for on the women's side just because, especially with the, this being an Olympic year, you have a month between the Scotties and the Briar. Uh, as opposed to the, t- the traditional five days. So you have that time to figure out what you're going to do. And uh, there's some hope on the men's side, more hope than on the women's side in, in some of these provinces that they might be able to get things done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's more time for the men, especially with the Olympic break, like you say. So hopefully we'll f- get some clarity, but 
I don't know. This is like a crazy huge wave and maybe it just crashes. Who knows? Yeah. Got to see how it plays out, Scott. As always, got to see how it plays out. (laughs) All right. Next bold prediction. Scott, I'm going to predict that a four-person Olympic sweep is going to happen. So men's and women's at the Olympics. Same country wins both. And you're not going to predict that country right now. Well, I have three written down of who it could be. I think there's only three countries where there's a legitimate chance that that could happen. That being Scotland, Sweden, and Canada. And you don't think Switzerland? No, I don't think the cruise is there. Not good enough, eh? No. And honestly, I'm not so sure about Canada either. I, I really think, I mean, Sweden has the best chance. And I don't think that's really up for debate. I think that's pretty clear that if you look at the totality of the men's and the women's teams, that Sweden is the strongest across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, I think Eve Muirhead might want to fight you. Um, if she, hey, if Eve Muirhead goes I, in, she and has that. I love it. FU mode yeah. Eve is the best. Like, yeah, hurt the Euros at the Olympics. Uh, if that same team is there, then sure. Like, you're, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. But uh, you're right. Body of work over the last four years. Yes. Sweden would be the favorites for that. I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's possible that we get the triple of a country winning all three. In that case, if Sweden might be, or Switzerland might be the favorite for that, because those Maybe. that mixed doubles team is so good. I I think Canada has a good chance to medal in all of them, but yeah, yeah, a gold medal sweep is that'd be, be crazy. That'd be really hard. Yeah. yeah, and and I think it's going to be tough for the players who are doing double duty. Like if you win that gold medal, how like it just it, I think it'd be so hard to get yourself back up again the next day, literally the next day for the women mm-hmm. uh, to, to go play again. Yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty tough. Yeah. All right, next bold prediction for the 2022 year, Scott. The James Grattan-Brendan Botcher game, which will be played in primetime and be the feature game during the Briar, is going to be awesome television. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be amazing. Amazing TV. Yeah, and so... Uh, so- we don't know right now if they're even going to end up in the same. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, they're ending up in the same pool. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. <laughs> They'll figure a way out for this. Come on. There's too much there. there. There's just too much meat on that bone for them not to figure out a way for them to be in the same pool. Uh, so if anyone hasn't heard yet, Darren Molding is joining James Gratton's team for the rest of the season. He will be playing third and uh, New Brunswick will be having, or as of now, they're scheduled to have a playdown still. And, uh, you know, everybody outside of the direct family members of the other players in New Brunswick will be cheering for James Gratton uh, mm-hmm. to win and have Darren Molding go. And, uh, yeah, I, if they end up in the same pool, which I, I'd be stunned if they weren't, uh, that game will be scheduled in prime time, and they'll do what they did with the Kathy O, Jennifer Jones situation, back in PEI in 2011 and yeah. they'll wait. It'll be either Monday or Tuesday night. I would think feature game place will be packed. It'll just be a great show. The The complicating factor is that Botcher of course is from Alberta. And when you had it in Charlottetown, Jennifer Jones, wasn't the local team, right there. Mm-hmm. So, so everyone in the crowd was cheering for Kathy over to Clapham. The, the sympathetic figure in that situation. When you're in Alberta, though, you know, Alberta, they're going to cheer, you would think, for Brendan Botcher. He's a local kid, popular in the province, popular across the country until a few weeks ago. And you just wonder if it's going to have the same vibe, whereas if it was in, certainly if it was on the East Coast, uh, it oh, would yeah. be all James Crabb. But even if it was in Manitoba or Saskatchewan, it would be very heavily favored uh, in Grattan. So I, I think the crowd will be interesting to see that night when that game takes place but independent of all that it's going to be a spectacular atmosphere and a spectacular environment i think when that game happens yeah i hope so sean they sort the pools by by where you're ranked in the in the standings right so yes could they get creative who knows yeah right? they could. But I, I hope things line up that way yes uh i i, I do as well that because that'll be a lot of fun for sure 
All right, next bold prediction for 2022. Scott, Anna Hasselberg finally gets her world championship. Okay, okay. Uh, so you're pretty bullish on the world championships happening. Good, good. I am, yes. I, I don't know if they'll take place where they're scheduled. I think, honestly, the most likely scenario, if something has to get moved, is that the women's gets moved to Vegas and they do it over like 10 days with everyone there or something. Together? Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I'm not sure because I, I could see, you know, after the Olympics yep. saying, okay, we don't need a world championship this year. We had our big prestige event. Yeah. There's still money though. Like there's still money involved and like a lot of money and Vegas isn't shutting down. We know that, oh, yeah. right? We know that, uh, the Vegas is going to be open for business and, yeah, so I'm I'm bullish on them happening. And the seasonality of this thing, now that we've been through it for a little bit, we we've seen the seasonality of case numbers. And you know, you're yeah. once you get into the spring, especially in a place like Vegas in the spring, uh, you you think the numbers will be a little better and hopefully it can take place. So yes, I'm bullish on it taking place. And, okay. and Hasselberg winning. Very good. I like it. All right, next bold prediction. This might be the least bold prediction. I don't know. Well, let's see, see what you think, Scott, how bold this is. Every top 10 CTRS team has a lineup change. Every single one? Yeah. So okay. let me run through this. So on yeah, the let's... women's side, let's start with the women's side. Okay. We have Tracy Flurry, Jennifer Jones, Laura Walker, Carrie Anderson, Rachel Homan, Holly Duncan, Chelsea Carey, Mackenzie Zacharias, Kelsey, Kelsey Rock, and Krista McCarvel. You think every single one of those teams is going to have a change? Yeah. This offseason? Correct. I disagree. I disagree with this So who, who stays? This is pretty hot. Uh, I, think, I think Tracy Fleury's team stays together. They, okay. they they sort of you know have been peaking this year but i i think they're interested in seeing how much further they can go together there, there's a chance that the zacharias team will stay together this year for another another go although they do have um carly burgess yeah i believe it's carly right from yeah Nova she's Scotia. from Nova Scotia. She, she might want to go home she's a, she's there at school She's there at school, but I thought she was, uh, her partner was also from Manitoba. So, okay. and I don't, I don't see Krista McCarvel's team making a change. Sean, why? Why? I, I think change? they just might not, they, I'm thinking they just might not want to play anymore. Someone might just say, I'm good. Especially after the event in Thunder Bay. They're good. I mean, they've done it before where they've said, well, all right, we'll, we'll take it easy for a bit. And I'm counting that if somebody says, I'll, I'm taking a year off. Okay. Uh, cause, cause for them, they could just be like, yeah, we're not going to play anything. We'll just show up and win, <laughs> win the <laughs> province and, yeah. and go. They could. Okay. What about, what about the men's side? All right. Over on the, the men too. Yeah. Uh, and the men's side, it's going to be a little easier <laughs> to figure this out. Uh, all right. Brad Gushu, Brad Jacobs, Kevin Cooey, Glenn Howard, Jason Gunlickson, Brendan Botcher, Matt Dunstone, John Epping, Colton Flash, Mike McEwen. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. The only one I could see not making a change is maybe Gunner. But no, Adam rest... Case, Adam's Casey, he's just got like two provinces left to go. <laughs> he's got to get all but, those jerseys still. Yeah, he's got to get his collection complete. Yeah. Do you count that Botcher's already made a change? Well, I, I think whoever they go to the Briar with is not going to be their permanent, is my guess. And I'm guessing since we haven't had an announcement yet, Either they're waiting for a team to lose a uh, provincial or uh, it's going to just be uh, Patrick Jansen and then they'll figure out a permanent replacement in the summer. So yes, I, I would, Pat, I would count that. Pat Jansen's not going to play third for them. He could at the Briar. Why? What's the difference? Well, he never played third. So like, <laughs> so, so what? <laughs> okay. He's there. He knows the team. Yeah, and, well, like I mean, Thiessen could do it. Like he's he could he could throw th and then sweep or something. Like I don't know. I mean, it's not. Well, like Don Bartlett's there. He knows the team. <laughs> yeah, maybe Don will play. <clears throat> there you go. Maybe and then he and Kevin... Darren Moldy will get into a fist fight during the fifth end break. 
Maybe they get Kevin Martin to uh, <laughs> dust off the old shoes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, Botcher. I, yeah, because they'll have to announce something between yes. now and sometime. So and since it hasn't already been made, yeah, it counts as a lineup change. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So all the men, you're good with me on, with yeah. the possible exception of Gunner and a couple of women's team, maybe not. Uh, I think a couple women's teams, maybe not. All right. Uh, That's why it's a bold prediction. Bold show. prediction. All right. Uh, number seven on our list of 10 bold predictions. One of the rule changes that is scheduled to be implemented at the World Championship this year proves to be very popular and sticks around. And Ooh. Uh, so the the ones that I've written down here of a possibility is that no extra end and you go, you get three points for a regulation win, two uh, and then one point for a tie or what, however they're doing it. And the timing per end, one of those okay. will be popular and will stay. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the one that has the best chance is the sort of soccer style point system, you know, with ties Yeah, where it get where it gets a little murky is then breaking ties, because the WCF is very against uh, tiebreakers. Yeah. So okay. So actually, what they're doing it's three points for a win. If it's tied after ten, draw to the button for the extra point. So every game is worth three points. Yeah. And if you tie, lose the draw to the button, you get one point. Yeah, that's. I think that's good. Like that's sort of like hockey with a shootout but better yeah i think it makes the end game more interesting yeah do you need to get that those three points right yeah are you okay with a with a tie i think it changes the strategy like you say for that 10th end you know do we go hard for our two you know by if we're down by one do we go hard for a two or do we say okay it's fine if we only get one, then we'll go hard for the steal and the extra. Like it, it, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause you don't have that opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I like it. Yeah. Now Anna Hasselberg and her team did put out a very long post talking about why all these ideas were terrible and maybe they are terrible. I don't know. I think one of them will stick. I think one of them think, will prove popular. Yeah. I think the other ideas are terrible, but, yeah. uh, I, I'm I just, I want to see the no extra end play out see what teams do what changes what impact does it actually have because we've seen the timing per end impact but i think part of that was that it was executed poorly from currently canada's end Mm -hmm. because i do think timing per end could work in the right circumstance but i don't think i'm less uh less fond of that but uh see how it plays out yeah see how it plays out all right uh, scott eighth bold prediction for the year i'm predicting four high-profile retirements this summer four retirements four high-profile retirements so the do the tucks count no okay they do not uh so when i say high profile let's say people who have won national championships in the four-person game okay so let me try to guess who the four are that you're thinking of okay jennifer jones yep brad gushu yep Mark Nichols. Oh, no, I actually didn't have him. Okay, uh, Glenn Howard. Yeah. Maybe Cooey. Yeah. But I I would err on the side of Cooey continuing. Probably, yeah. Probably. Again, this is why it's bold. Okay, so yeah, four is bold. Three is is pretty safe. Would, uh, Would it count? Maybe it wouldn't. Pat Simmons count as high profile. He's won twice. Twice. Um, still playing? Yes and no. I, I He's not really playing still. He was at the pre-trials. Yeah, I think he just took a, a young team to give them experience. I don't think they had any... Well, that's exactly what he did. ...ambitions to, to win. Okay. Well, they must have had ambitions, but you know what I mean. Like, Sure. Uh, I would say no, it doesn't... It wouldn't count as uh, as a high profile based on relevance in the last quad okay all right that's fair uh another one that i would keep my eye out on is john morris see what he wants to do uh because we know he's not gonna be with team cooey next year 
It's just a, yeah. a question of does he take the full year? Does 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 he turn into like the Undertaker at the end of his career? He just shows up for the big events. Yeah. Right. And he just and you don't hear from him otherwise. <laughs> I I would love that. That that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's the prior in twenty twenty three or sorry, in twenty twenty five, and then the lights go out and you just hear the gong. Lights come up and John Morris is just in the middle of the rink. I'm back. And he's wearing a surprise jersey. Like nobody knows who he's going to play for. Yeah. He's got a big coat on. He slowly yeah. takes off the big trench coat. It'd be great. You're like, oh, he's going to play for PEI. No way. Yeah. You just awesome. get, you get Jim Ross. It's Morris. It's Morris. It's Morris. It'd be great. It'd be amazing. I'm yeah, here for I, it. I, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, which kind of which sort of also leads into one thing. I didn't want to put this on the list because Ryan has talked about this on Twitter about Brandon Botcher sort of doing the heel turn. And yeah. I, I do wonder if somebody is going to have a, a heel turn moment this summer with the lineup changes. I do think it's pretty safe that somebody is going to air some dirty laundry on some show. It won't be this one uh, no. that, that, hard there are there are hard feelings after a team breaks up and uh, and somebody sort of goes off on it i don't know who that is i have no guesses on who that is but i'm I'm confident that that will happen cool let's uh yeah keep our ears to the other teams other podcasts i guess yeah we, we won't we will not be doing something like that on this show so uh next bold prediction we got two left the grand slam of curling reworks itself and the events become distinct from each other. They rebrand in some way to make it so that the events stand out from one another. Wow, Sean, this is your boldest prediction <laughs> uh, of all time. Because uh, where is the pressure to do that? Me, I'm the pressure. You're the pr- you're the one providing the pressure. Not me. There's others. Twinetime talks about this. Uh, Jonathan and Ryan have talked about this. Like it's not just me. There's other yeah, people. Yeah, you're right. The, the girls have talked about it too. They're all kind of the same. Yeah. Someone will figure it out and they'll try something. I'll tell you what. Don't bring back the Elite 10. The Elite 10 is terrible. But something like the Elite 10, try it. Just try it. Especially now. Next year is the time. Next season is the time to do it. Where Shazel, it doesn't why, really matter. Why? Why not the Elite 10? Oh, because they it wasn't interesting to watch. So, like the format, you mean the the skins format? The way no, but it wasn't it wasn't skins. It was match play. Skins would be good. I'm good with skins. The, I I would love it if the slams put put a uh, skins event on. I would love it. I'm all in. I, I would love that too. I think where they say no is maybe because of time, because the skins does tend to take a little bit longer. Well, you know how you uh, rectify and- that, Scott. You put in the the play clock. <laughs> Time per end in a skins game. Yeah, that would be pretty nuts. That'd be crazy. That would be pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd be I'd be open to trying the uh, skins format. Have one of them be the triple knockout format, provided that triple knockout doesn't go to quarterfinal situation, yeah. which they're never they're never going to do for TV. But no, they, they need to know that they're going to have the final at a certain time. Right? Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Build it to a final and have your finals. But I just hate the triple knockout to the quarters. And uh, so have one of them like that. I'm fine if, if you do it like that. I, I like the one event where you have tier one, tier two. Like the, So, you know, you're, you're kind of on base a little bit with those. But why not have one event that is known as the you know, seven rock rule events or like just, just throw stuff against the wall and see what hits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, try something new, see what happens. How I, about, I like that. Hey, throw this out there because it's worked for us. I haven't lost a game as the skip in over two months. Skip till you lose. Skip till you lose spiel. Love it. Love it. And here you go. Brad Gushu, you lose the first game. You're the lead. Deal with it. Ooh, Sean, how about something even better? If you give up a steal, yeah. then you have to switch positions during the game. Love it. Love it. I'm all here for no, it. No steals. Well, maybe that's would discourage aggressive play. Uh, <laughs> but like, let's say you give up four instead of... If you give up a two, it's fine. Right. But uh, you give up 
four or more points, you have to shuffle your team. Uh, hey, I'm here for it. I kind of like that. You change rock colors every end. <laughs> okay. Why not? Well, because you would never know who's winning. Exactly. No, I, I don't know. There's, there's, but there's something. I, I just think there's something. I would love it too. Uh, Dunstone and Cooey, I think, are going to play outside at Mosaic Stadium or are scheduled to play outside at Mosaic Stadium in yes. a few weeks. Why not do one of these outside somewhere? Yeah, I, I, you I, you can't fill a football stadium certainly, but there are probably some smaller parks uh, like stadiums or, around the country that could probably work. Uh, give that a go. Like like let's just try stuff, and if it fails, it fails. Like who cares? But I, I will give you credit for trying. Where because I, I'll give them credit for trying match play. I, I'm not going to be upset that they tried it. I might right. be upset that they stuck with it as long as they did, but they tried it. And full credit for trying things. Yeah, I mean, uh, outdoor would be fun. We could ask uh, Andrew Stokely if the audio would be an annoying, but uh, I, you know, give it a go. The Why answer not? is yes. It yeah. would be annoying. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> but you know, or, or what you could do is is try to make one sort of what the World Cup was trying to do, but not quite didn't quite get there. Where there's a team component of you, so you have each country for one and. Uh, you have Switzerland with the men, women, mixed doubles. Uh, yeah. It's sort of a cumulative thing. And, and a, a country is going to come out on top. And you do it like that. Or it's almost like Davis Cuppy, where on the ice at one time, it's Canada against Switzerland. Go. Men's, uh, women's Mixed doubles. doubles. And yeah. two of, whoever wins two of those three games moves on. And you eventually get to a final. Like there, There's something there that you can try to do. And I would like to see them try. And again, this is the season to try. Yeah. Uh, if we can get back in arenas, it is the season to try. Yeah. I agree. All right. So the final bold prediction for 2022. I feel very confident in this one, Scott. The Canada cup is going to be weird. Really weird. I don't know how, but something weird's going to happen. Well, like, like you predicted all the teams are going to be different. So, yeah. That'll make it weird, right? It'll it will likely be our first opportunity to see a bunch of these teams in their new configuration. Yeah, that's true. Last I, time we had a Canada Cup was the the end time fiasco. No, we've had one since then. The Epping one was after. The fiasco was in twenty oh, yeah. eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah. Epping one in twenty nineteen. Right, because the one in twenty eighteen didn't matter. Yeah, that's why they did timing rules then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the last time in an Olympic year where we had the Canada Cup, it was the timing rule situation. It was weird. And so, yeah, so they're going to, I think they'll try something weird again. If maybe the same rules as what we're going to see at the World Championship, but like accelerated somehow or something gets put in place over the summer that they want to put in. Some, some weird thing is going to happen at the Canada Cup. All right, Sean, this one, uh, honestly is like <laughs> very much uh loose loosely interpreted e- yeah. easy to interpret any way you like yeah it's a fish in a barrel one yeah so i think you're all, that one might hit <laughs> okay all right so we got at least one <laughs> on that so the 10 bold predictions for 2022 let's go through them real quick people are upset about who curling canada picks for the mixed doubles at the olympics an appointed team wins the scotties there is a Olympic sweep in the four-person game. The James Grattan Brendan Botcher game at the Briar is going to be awesome. Anna Hasselberg finally gets her world championship. Every top 10 CTRS team has a lineup change. There is popularity and support for one of the rule changes coming to the world championship. Four high-profile retirements. The Grand Slams reworked themselves into distinct events, and the Canada Cup is weird. So those are my 10 bold predictions. Scott, how many do you think might actually happen? Sean, I think I think four, four would be a pretty good number All right. to hit. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Maybe four of these. Yeah, I think, you know, if everything breaks right, maybe you can get to six, but uh, but four. I'll take is what that. I'll guess. All right. We'll see uh, See how that goes. Do you have any bold predictions for this year, Scott? 
No. <laughs> okay. It's no. hard to predict things in this environment. It it yeah, it really is. I I sort of alluded to it earlier. I do think Canada will medal in all three disciplines at the Olympics. Okay. I just think uh, you know, the shock of not meddling at, at the men's and women's last time. The the people that they're sending are, you know, proven experience. I, I just think they'll find a way to meddle. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, those are our predictions for 2022. Let us know how off the wall you think they are and let us know what you expect for 2022 by following along on Twitter or Instagram at Game of Stones Pod, or you can send us an email at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com as that will do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. Do likes, ratings, comments. All helps us out. I set up a new way to track our analytics this weekend. So, nice. you know, if you haven't already subscribed, do it now because now we have better analytics. Yes. <laughs> certainly help us out uh, in any way you can or spread the word about the show with the Olympics coming up. we got a lot of fun stuff in the hopper. I also bought a hopper, uh, by the way. So le- let us know and do head on over GameofStonesPod.com. All of our past episodes are there, plus a link to the merch tab. Scott, we promised at the end of 2021 that we would give an update because we donate all the proceeds from the merch sales to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation and to Food Banks Canada. And we've been matching those since we started this endeavor. And we promised that we would tally it all up uh, because we do it independent of each other. Uh, when it's my turn to donate, I donate and then you donate back and forth. And so we, we haven't actually tallied it up. So we didn't know until 10 minutes before we started recording what the actual mm-hmm. total was since we started doing this. So Scott, we think this is accurate. We think we've got all of the individual donations that we made uh, in service of this project. Uh, not all of the individual donations that we've, we've made, but in service of this project. So Scott, what is the total? So Sean, for 2021, we donated $1,000 to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. And we donated $540 to Food Banks Canada so for a total of $1,540 nice. uh, in, in 2021. Uh, back in 2020, uh, we, we sort of were just starting the merch, uh, you know, in 2020. We donated $910 to Food Banks Canada. That was uh, our first beneficiary. Uh, and 350 to Sandra Schmirler. So 1260 total, which uh, is a grand total of $2,800 that uh, we've donated thanks to uh, the listeners buying our merchandise. So yeah, uh, thanks everybody for buying stuff. We're going to, you know, we're going to look into changing up yeah. what we've got on the, available on the store. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, but not before I buy another toque or two, I have to say. I like them. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't have one yeah. for some reason. So. But you're but Carrie has one. You could at least try it on. You could see if you like it. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've worn hers a couple of times. There so you go. yeah. So uh yeah, so I'm gonna pick up a couple of those if we change those out, uh change out some other things. Again, I love the hoodies uh myself. Uh mm-hmm. so it's I find them very comfortable. But certainly uh we thank everybody for your support with the merch. Uh, that's more than I expected that we would get to. Oh, <laughs> if big I'm being time! Totally Me honest, too. Uh, I did not expect uh, the uptake that we have seen uh, from folks, not only in Canada but uh, some of our international listeners as well. And we definitely appreciate the support. Uh, and I know the Sandra Schmirler Foundation, uh, who is aware of this, uh, appreciates it as well. Food Banks Canada, mm-hmm. I don't think they're aware of <laughs> that we do this, but uh, I, I know that they would be appreciative if they did know that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every little bit counts. And like I said, we, we did some donations on giving Tuesday, uh, this year. So those were doubled or or matched, uh, some donations at the end of the year, uh, were matched as well, uh, by different companies. So, uh, you know, if there's a a cause that's near and dear to you, obviously, uh, keep donating and, and try to take advantage of, uh, matching when you can and, uh, let us know about it. Yeah, because that twenty eight hundred for us at least turns into like four thousand or something if you if you count the matchings. 
yeah. um, around then. I, we probably we weren't fully strategic on when we donated throughout the entirety of the the project, but it, it works out to more than the twenty eight hundred. So yeah, yeah, if you for count sure. those. So again, thank you everybody for the support. Uh, and if you have not yet, do head on onto the merch tab. If there's something you like. Uh, please do buy it. And as I said, we're matching all the proceeds uh, that are going to those organizations. The, the t-shirts are for Food Banks Canada. The hoodies and the toque is for the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. And as Scott said, if there's anything you want to see up there, we're considering changing stuff up as we head into the Olympics. Uh, there's a couple ideas that we have. One is very niche. Uh, a couple other ones are less niche. <laughs> but yeah. uh, if you have anything that you want to see up there, uh, do reach out uh, again, Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod or via email, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit up Scott directly on social media at Scott Likes TV. And I am at the Sean Graham. So that's it for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you're having a healthy and a happy 2022. Sending uh, good, positive vibes to our friends out in Colorado. Uh, those were some tough images to see with the wildfires out there. Uh, the folks in Virginia uh, near Ryan's place from Rocks Across the Pond, uh, some some harrowing images of the storms there. And of course, with everything going on with COVID, I uh, hope that everyone is doing as well as could be expected. Uh, outside of that, Scott, I know that you're not doing as well as could be expected, given that you lost your fantasy league by, what, a half a point? Oh, man. It, <laughs> like, and... It's because I, I the other guy had Jamar Chase, who scored oh, yeah he was good six and a half points yeah, and I I picked up this is nobody cares about this turn the <laughs> podcast off I <laughs> but I picked up the guy for the Jets, the receiver I forget his name because yeah. I've tried to block it out of my memory, <laughs> uh, and I didn't start him Sean I picked him up oh. I didn't start him he scored twenty two points I would have won damn. Uh, it's what a real kick in the teeth, but, uh, yeah, I still, I still get some, some, uh, cash for finishing second. So, you know, uh, gonna, gonna have a nice dinner and there you go. celebrate the end of the end of football. Well, Scott is Brooklyn Dodgers would always say it's always next year. They're always next year. Always next year. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck next year. Hope you can recover from that crushing defeat yeah, over the weekend uh, and everyone out there. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with you again next week with another new episode. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.